0: Welcome back, everybody, at CFB Winning Edge, the podcast edition. I'm your host Scott Bogman. Follow me on the Twitter at Bogman Sports. I am joined, as always, by the owner and proprietor of CFB Winning Edge, Nicholas and Allen. Follow him on the Twitter at CFB Winning Edge. No Xavier tonight, but our congratulations are out to him on the birth of his uh, first baby daughter. Congratulations, Xavier! Happened uh, yesterday as we're recording this, the 21st. Uh, so um, you know, congratulations to him and. We are super excited for Xavier. He actually, um, I didn't realize that uh, yesterday was the birthday. And when I was sending out the invite for this, uh, he jumped in with us, Nick, and uh, introduced us to his daughter and uh, just wanted to say hi to everyone and wanted to make sure that uh, I used a Tennessee trash can as the background, even though we don't do the video on this. Uh, to show that Tennessee was indeed on fraud watch and it finally did pay off. so, but uh, Nick, how's it going, man? How's everything in your world?
1: Uh, well, I mean, uh, not as exciting as as uh, some folks, I guess. yeah, but, right, uh, <laughs> but yeah, overall, good. i i I meant a little bit better. I was in a sort of a weird mood last week, and and uh, i've I've shaken it off, looking forward to. <laughs> uh this last batch, you know, the, the regular season is coming to an end this week, which is, you know, of course, sad that that we won't have, um, uh, you know, a, another week to look forward to of, of an entire slate, slate of yeah. uh, college football. But um, it's also this time of year, I, I also get excited because I'm looking ahead. I, I tweeted out a little bit. Um, earlier today, Tuesday, about some of the stuff that uh, have been working on, um, created some new Google Sheets. Our 2023 uh, returning production database is, has, been, uh, has has been has begun uh, with Charlotte's season coming to an end uh, after last week. Able to use them a little bit as um you know a template see what we're yeah. going to be able to add and and things like that and then of course um basically half of of uh fbs teams after um this weekend will will be uh done so uh should be able to get started on that and and have some groundwork laid on a couple of uh new projects that that I'm excited about and and uh ready to hit the ground running on that but also of course you know, there's there's still plenty going on, plenty to talk about. Games last week's games were amazing. Uh, Transfer portal is going to be crazy. It already Ooh, is man. a little bit at, at the NCS level.
0: Envy that for you. No, uh, it's it it's yeah, it's going to
1: be uh, it's it's going to be busy. And let's just say. Um, there will be literally twice as much work this year
0: when it comes to (laughs) uh,
1: those things, but the guys um, are used
0: to it now. They know how to, they know how to use it. So they are.
1: Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, last week it always sort of seems to happen where uh, maybe we're not excited about a lot of games. You know, I, I, know I mentioned a few times, probably annoying the people listening about how I was disappointed that, um, those two big Pac-12 games weren't as high of stakes uh, mm-hmm. as they looked like they might have been the, the week prior, but both ended up being incredible games. Um, and that was just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, from the the noon window on Saturday, just had incredible finish after incredible finish, uh, near upsets all over the place. We ended up uh, getting treated to, to a handful of upsets Um and once all the dust settles or settled, uh, we had probably our best all around week as far as our projections. So all in all, really, you know, week 12 was was uh, a pretty special one and, and looking forward to what we've got this week with, you know, so many rivalry games and and uh, a lot of teams Fighting still for for a
0: bowl uh, spot, for a conference championship. Yeah, there's so much on the line right now. And and last week, you, like you said, there's the great finishes, Oregon and Utah, USC, UCLA, the TCU, the fire drill kick to end it was incredible. That's um, something
1: that every team in America practices every week.
0: And hopes like, we never did it at had the high school it.
1: level. Yeah. yeah. Every, every week uh, it, it's the last thing you do. And um, yeah, we, fortunately we never had to do it. Uh, <laughs> most teams, I mean, the, the reaction from everyone, you know, how did they, how did they pull it off? They, everything looked uh, like chaos. Um, the reaction made me think you practice it, it doesn't happen very often, but yeah, every yeah. team in America practices it every week. Uh, that was what Sonny Dyke said after the game, and and they executed it perfectly. And, and man, TCU <laughs> just keeps finding ways to win,
0: yeah, they just keep scraping by. But I mean, hey, it works for them and has them in a playoff spot right now, so uh, continue scraping, uh, if you're a TCU fan for sure. So, yeah, just an incredible. A stack of games last week. A lot of fun endings. USC and Clemson put themselves in position to potentially jump in the playoff mi- mix with wins over UCLA and Miami. Uh, number five, Tennessee got smoked by um, by South Carolina. And it's funny. My guy, Joe Pizapia, who I do a couple shows with uh, before one of those shows started, he was asking me like, is this going to put Spencer Rattler back on the radar? Because he looked really good and i was like i don't think so let's let's uh let's pump the brakes a little bit on that i mean look it's clear spencer rattler has a lot of talent right but um the guy can't deal out of a clean pocket most of the time maybe in this game he did but um you know uh t- tennessee was ripe for the picking and they got picked Uh michigan uh barely hung on against illinois there was just so many um close games. It was a very, very fun week. It'll be hard to be matched. Uh, you know, North Carolina, Ole Miss, UCF, Oklahoma state, NC state, all lost as ranked teams. So yeah, I mean, week 12 was absolute chaos, uh, made things a little less predictable just moving forward. I feel like, because who knows who's going to be in the playoff at this point. Um, you know, I mean, we know, I think we know George is going to be there, uh, after that, I'm not real sure. And they didn't have a great game against Kentucky either. They they were – Georgia, Nick, because you're, you know, Georgia alum. I'm sure you watched them a lot. What is it with sleepwalking through the first half? Are they just getting bored because they beat everybody? Like, because it seems like the last couple of weeks they've really, at least offensively, uh, taken a little bit to come through.
1: Yeah, I, I don't really have a great uh... – explanation or or really have an opinion formed on it. I think sometimes uh, they're just not, uh, sometimes they just don't play at an elite level. Um, We've seen every team this year look beatable. There's no, you know, 2019 LSU or 2020 Alabama. Um, All four of those, you know, top four ranked teams, undefeated teams, uh, ha, ha, you know, survived last week, um, were put to the test, and and uh, sometimes there's just not that elite team, sometimes there's not that clear number one. And, and you know, some weeks Georgia plays that well, some weeks we've seen at Ohio State and Michigan and, uh, you know, play like that, but we haven't seen it week in and week out, like, you know, maybe we uh shouldn't have come to expect it but when we saw uh, you know 2019 LSU was the greatest team of all time and then 2020 Alabama was the greatest team of all time and and so you just for a little bit there we got used to um seeing these just unbeatable basically perfect teams uh and so you know last year obviously Georgia would you know didn't didn't go through um undefeated but uh, played you know had that elite number one best defense of all time or, or at least of the uh, you know last decade um, so we got sort of used to that but it seems like this year everybody's beatable and you know I'm, I'm old enough to remember when that was sort of the way it used to be more often than not uh, and, and so maybe this is just one of those years and, and maybe it'll be like that You know, moving forward, but uh, at least this year, there's a little more, you know, a little more. I don't know if parody is exactly the right word, but there's not necessarily, you know, one team that's head and shoulders better than the rest and just on pace to just be completely dominant all season. Uh, Georgia can, you know, play close against Kentucky and Missouri, Ohio State can play close against Maryland and Northwestern. Uh, Michigan last week Illinois of course TCU it seems like has been doing it every other week um, so right now they're they're able to, to get it done and, and survive and keep that uh, zero in the loss column obviously one of the the three at least one of the three will lose this weekend but um, there's just you know no perfect team and and uh, uh, each team, has been put to the test and, and last week we just happened to see it with Georgia, but, but also, you know, really all four.
0: Yeah. I mean, it has been this, uh, this season has been crazy. And, and like you said, I don't know that it's um anyone is beatable any week, I guess kind of that's the case. Just, we just haven't seen, you know, the last couple of years, like you said, we've had the most dominant team in the world in Georgia and the most dominant team in the world in Alabama and the most dominant team in the world than LSU. We just don't have that this season. We don't have one team that is just absolutely head and shoulders above the rest. Every single team inside the top four has, uh, you know, looked beatable at some point. Um, so it, it will be no surprise, uh, if some of these teams, uh, drop the last one because, uh, you know, going undefeated throughout a college football season, is just damn near impossible. So, um, you know, it doesn't happen uh, every single year. I mean, it seems to happen every single year, but it doesn't, it, it's not with that type of dominance. So uh, we'll see what happens this week. But uh, going back to last week, we had, um, you know, uh, some transfer portal stuff, some injuries. Um, what is, what did you see that is is impactful from the transfer portal? <laughs> Now, we're also going to have some guys, you know, uh, the Texas Tech edge rusher uh, Wilson, I believe. Is that his name? Um, he declared. Wilson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he declared. So we're going to have some of those start trickling in as well mm-hmm. as these teams move out of bowl contention or get into a bowl that doesn't matter. We've seen a lot of guys leave uh, early to start prepping for the NFL draft uh, for that reason. So um, what stood out to you in terms of player movement this week?
1: Well, I know Wilson's been out for a little bit with a, an injury. So I think that yeah. probably helped, you know, mm, Hey, yeah. let's, let's rest up. Let's uh, get healthy for the combine and off season uh, you know, prep. And he was and the workouts. first
0: declaration, right? He was the first under undergrad. Uh, underclassman.
1: underclassman? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I know there was a, an Oklahoma state defensive lineman who was also hurt. Who's just, you know, Hey, I'm just going to shut it Go down the for, for this year. Yeah. And, and Uh, start
0: prepping. Tanner Mordecai also said he plans on going to the draft. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that's, uh, so uh, I haven't been digging in yet on all the accepted senior bowl invites and, and, you know, declarations and things like that, Uh, that I would expect I'll I'll, later this week, I'll I'll start to compile uh, like I did last year, made a new tab in the uh, team profiles that um, tracked draft declarations, what all-star game they're going to, if they're invited to the Combine, all that good stuff. Um, start putting that together uh, late this week, early next. Um, but my, my speculation um, on using Mordecai sort of as an example, he's not likely to get, I mean, I could be wrong, I guess, but I wouldn't expect he'll be
0: drafted. Um, certainly
1: not. You know, super high.
0: If he does, it'll probably be like Bailey Zappi was last year, like in the sixth, you know, seventh round, uh, a late kind of flyer type of a pick, just because he sure, has had success sure. at the college level. And honestly, I think Bailey Zappi might help him get drafted because Zappi uh, stepped in in New England for a couple games this year and looked pretty solid. So sure, that sure. could help him. You know, but that type of player, you know, uh, who
1: has that extra year, it seemed like you know, in, in 2020, and Kenny Pickett's sort of the, the prime example, um, it seemed like a lot of those guys said, okay, I'll take the extra year and, and play it out and then maybe, you know, play myself into a better spot. Mordecai seemed like already was, you know, had his grip on that starting job. had loosened a little bit. Preston Stone had, had pressed him a little bit. Uh, of course, he had, you know, an incredible performance uh just a couple of weeks ago just ridiculous you know beyond video game type numbers but so he's capable of that but um i'm i'm getting the feeling and i don't have any numbers to back this up yet but the farther we get away from 2020 it seems like the more likely guys are gonna say you know what i don't necessarily need that extra year um certainly there'll be some who who do uh, and, and we're seeing, uh, interestingly, because the FCS portal is open now because they play one fewer game in the regular season across the board and, and the Ivy League plays two fewer games. But um, uh, we're, we're seeing at that level guys say, OK, I've, I do have this extra year. I'm going to go into the portal, maybe get a shot at, you know, an FBS season or, or something like that. Um but I, I just have a feeling that at the FBS level, especially, you know, guys who maybe could find their way on an NFL roster um, or who've just been in college for five years already um, are just maybe ready to move on. So I I, I just speculating think that that we're going to, um, you know, some of those guys who who have that extra year available uh, and we might be surprised when they make decisions. I was a little bit surprised by Mordecai. Um, but I, I just feel like we'll see a, a lower percentage of players actually take that extra year uh, this off season. And then it will probably continue to, to drop a little bit the farther we get, get from 2020 could be wrong, but that's just sort of how I see it going. Um, but as far as some other, you know, transfer stuff, you know, I mentioned the FCS uh, some really interesting guys there. The Ivy league sticks out to me because they don't do red shirts in the Ivy league. They're kind of like um, the academies. Where you okay. get four years, that's it. But these guys have extra eligibility in the eyes of the NCAA. So you're seeing guys, you know, the captain at Harvard, and and you know, multi-year starting offensive lineman at Yale, and and uh, basically Penn's entire defense <laughs> are in the transfer portal because you know they played four years at the Ivy, they've graduated, um, and they might have an opportunity to to move on. And we've seen some some Ivy League players. You know have an impact uh guys have transferred to places like lsu and penn state and notre dame and and become starters and contributors in the last couple of seasons so i'm keeping an eye on on those type of guys we're seeing also some other you know i know there's a receiver from Duquesne who's picked up a, a you know dozen or so uh fbs offers already has been in the portal, I think, less than 24 hours. Uh, There's a a freshman All-American from Texas A&M Commerce, which is actually transitioning to FCS from Division II, uh, who's picking up Power 5 offers. Um, So there there are some really intriguing names that we'll get to know a little bit better, uh, especially once things settle as far as their recruitment goes. Um, But some other interesting names, uh, Charlotte wide receiver Grant DuBose, had two really excellent years um, at Charlotte. Uh, entered the transfer portal Tuesday morning. Um, I'm sure he's going to get a lot of interest. Uh, and then Trey Sanders, running back at Alabama, had been kind of buried on the depth chart there, but former five star um, and and a known name. You know, I would expect that he'll have interest uh, from from you know plenty of suitors, maybe at the G5 level. You know, who knows? But uh, be interesting to see where where those maybe two guys. Maybe a done.
0: former coordinator. Would want him, (laughs) perhaps Alabama. Uh, uh,
1: (laughs) But um, yeah, I I mean, I would expect uh, because what is it? December fifth, I think, is when the FBS transfer portal opens. I mean, there were two hundred FCS guys in the first twenty-four hours. Uh, I I expect that the FBS might blow that number out (laughs) of the water. I mean, it's going to be, it's it's going to be exciting, but it's also going to be, you know, for me a bit overwhelming. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, but it, it, this is this is going to be a wild off season, and um, we're going to kick it off, you know, here pretty soon. And seeing how uh, things shake out on the transfer portal. And, and my last point on this, I saw it just before we started recording, um, a uh, recruiting writer uh, tweeted, and, and the name just left my, my brain. So my apologies for not giving the, the correct citation, but um, said, you know, yeah, the, the uh, early signing date is, uh, you know, really December, what, 20 something, or or, uh, I should probably look some of these things up as I'm talking. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, really, you probably need to go ahead and commit uh and lock things in on December 5th because that spot that you know whatever team was holding uh open for you uh might just get snapped up by a sure. you know, power five guy in, in the transfer portal um so
0: should it, make it, your job easier too a little bit if they do that so yeah, uh, potentially
1: we'll, yeah we'll we shall see, see.
0: I mean, I, I expect a full-blown panic attack somewhere between December fifth and sixth from you. So, with all of the names, okay. you know, it's uh, it, that has got yeah, yeah, to the twenty-first. Yeah, the the twenty-first. <laughs> so uh, that that it, it's always fun, man. You know, like uh, like I I said um, before, you know, th- this work it beats digging ditches. So I'll take it <laughs> all day, even when it's stressful, I'll take it all day long. So absolutely, um, gonna be uh, some we're gonna have some fun was- matchups. Steve this Wolfong. Week. Sorry to interrupt. Steve Wolfong no,
1: 247. Uh, brought up two, that four, point. Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, yeah, good, nice sourcing. Very, <laughs> very good job there. Yeah. Uh, and you know, we'll edit eight. all that
1: together, you know. It'll be seen, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll trust be you seamless. to do that. And-
0: sure, sure, sure. Yeah, <laughs> everyone will just be like, he just left all of it in. I don't know what his problem was, but uh the um this week was also awesome for you personally, Nick, because I believe. Was week twelve? Yeah, uh, that week twelve was the best week of the season for us. Correct? Is, is that right?
1: Uh, best all around. I mean, we we did see uh, set a season high, and these are numbers in our projections. So how how we fared uh, graded against the odds makers. We release these on uh, Tuesday morning each week. Have three uh, models for game projections that you know project against the spread. <laughs> Our official models, our team strength model, but we also have a talent edge model and a stats only model uh, that pull out, you know, only talent metrics in one and only on field stats in the other. And then we do, uh, you know, over under totals uh, projections. Our our totals, we were 67.2% last week, uh, which is our best of the season. We've been over 500 four straight weeks, had a little bit of a dip midseason, but totals have been, you know, strong. Uh, More often than not, all year, um, our official projections, our team strength model uh, against the spread, we—and if you've listened to this show before, you know (laughs) this—we had a horrible September. Uh, Like three out of four weeks were just bad, bad, bad. It was like forty-three percent for the month of September. Um, I was ready to shut it all down, quit, <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, sell, you know, send my microphone, try to pawn it or something. Be- um, better's
0: anger right there. Right. That's exactly what that is.
1: Oh, uh, uh, well, it's just embarrassing. It's like, you know, I spend all this time uh, trying to, to put this stuff together. I've got you know, three, four years of oh, I know. information to, to build off of. Every girl- time
0: I have a below 500 week on my <laughs> article, and I'm only doing 10 games, Nick, I feel the exact same way. Like, might as well quit. Uh, start putting in your applications for a nine to five. Cause I'm just bad at this. You know, I, I wouldn't get go that, that far, but, <laughs> uh, I, I, I but I you know what, <laughs> when, when I, uh, when yeah, right. Right. Uh, when I win, I'm like, why am I not working for one of the national media outlets? I mean, come <laughs> on, You've got a great personality. You've got a loud voice. my <laughs> picks are correct. What are they waiting for? I guess I got to lose a hundred pounds. Then I'll be good. But uh, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's one of those. It, it'll uh, being correct or being incorrect on these games will absolutely screw with your confidence, one hundred percent. Yeah. So and,
1: and so, you know, I, I've tried my best. I think little by little since we started. When I started, I was all about the you know against the spread and this and that, and and got better each of the first three years, and then last year was bad. Uh, but you know, when we started bad again this year, and I was just yeah, definitely down in the dumps, um, but I've, I've de-emphasized that part of it. I, I, I have come to the realization that, you know, what most people probably come to uh, CFB Winning Edge for is our FBS team profiles, all the personnel work we do, um, you know, things like team performance and returning production and um Injury reports, you know, all that, all that good stuff provides some real value to where some people who are smarter than me can actually uh, take, you know, those numbers, talent numbers, and um, build a better model that'll perform, you know, better uh, against the spread. But it is—it's always been part of my process. It's always been part of what we've done. It's how we grade. You know, are we on the right track? What can we learn? All that sort of stuff. And so I did want to you know, stick it out and, and, and certainly finish the season. Um, and fortunately, you know, we've, we've bounced back pretty well. So since week five um, we're actually 54.7% in our team strength only model, the talent edge model and the prism uh, model uh, have both been over 500 during that period. Um, we, you know, had a good week last week, like I mentioned, 56.7% in our team strength model. Our talent edge model was the same. Prism was over 60%, uh, and, and both of those models had their second best uh, week of the season. So it all kind of lined up. You know, we've had one week, the, the official model has been great, but talent edge is bad or, or totals were bad or something like that. This is our first week where across the board, uh, you know, I would take these numbers every week fifty four uh, point seven percent fifty six point seven percent that I would be very very happy if if we could do that on a consistent uh, basis so um, it was a solid week overall and and it felt good to you know be able to look at hey every week since week five things have have really turned around and and have been pretty consistent across the board and and are getting better that you know season, uh, number against the spread. We, it took us a while, but two weeks ago we crossed that 500 uh, mark and, and you know now we're above 51%. Uh, I I'm sure now that I've spent however many minutes talking about it, uh, <laughs> we're going to, you know, go 13 and 37 or whatever this week. So. More betters logic. Uh,
0: yep. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that yeah. was when I got to 20 games over 500, which I'm now, I think 19 games over 500 or whatever on, um, my, uh, my picks. Uh, no, I was one when, when I got to, you know, whatever it was, I was like, I could lose out for the rest of my weeks and still finish at 500. Like that is better's logic. Like <laughs> there's no way I'm going 0 and 10 in back-to-back weeks, right? Like um, I- I'm at least going three and seven. I know because that's been my worst week so far. Now I'll go two and eight, of course. But you know that's um, <laughs> that is better's logic when it's like okay, well at least what I'm doing now the worst we can do is 500 and that's fine you know what i mean like you just want to be at 51 52% i don't you have to be
1: that big of a cushion but
0: <laughs> yeah you want to be you want to be winning more than you're losing that's Absolutely. that's what it is at the end yeah. of the day if you're just in the the black at the end of the season that's what matters so my
1: my official goal i haven't said this out loud uh, but now that <laughs> let's that, manifest it
0: <laughs> now that it was uh, <laughs>
1: You know that I haven't just thrown in the towel. Um, now that now that I was able to to shake that off, met that goal. I guess to, to finish the season
0: <laughs> to not uh, just quit. Right. Yeah.
1: The the second uh, goal would be if we're so we're we're at fifty one point one percent in the team strength model. Uh, our previous uh, our our, our season long best is fifty four point one. That was twenty twenty. That's when I started to actually have some confidence, felt good about it. So 2021 corrected that real quick, but, uh, 2018, our first year, 51.3 was actually our second best season. So if we can inch up just a, a few percentage points higher, um, we'll actually have our second best season against the spread ever. Uh, so in five years that, you know, I'd be, I'd be pleased with that, um, and just the last couple of years, I've started tracking our absolute error. I can probably go back and compile it all, but it'll be a bit of a uh, offseason project to, to go through the, the entire history because I just didn't do as didn't keep as uh, complete of records. But um, that's the number I'm starting to get more and more focused on. And so we're at 12.55 this year in the, the team strength model, um, which is solid would rank. You know relatively high on a lot of the leaderboards that that you might have seen popping up, things like the uh, prediction tracker. which has been around for a while. Um, but that number' is actually twelve, I think twelve point zero five since week five. So um, feeling feeling pretty good about that overall. but yeah, if if we can get above uh, fifty one point three get us our second best season um, in our history, you know that that would be a nice bounce back performance. Uh, after last year and and after the first four weeks of this season.
0: All right. Well, are you ready to dive in to this uh, final week of the regular season? Can you believe this is the final regular season week? I mean, we have conference championships and we'll have the Army-Navy game, uh, but this is it. This is uh, the final full slate of games. So um, without Xavier, I'm just going to kind of, you know, um, uh, wing it. And give you uh, some of the games that we have instead of being. You he know, likes over- a little more
1: structure than you, you and I do sometimes. So. Yeah,
0: That's yeah, like, you know. Let's uh, wing it. We got right, right. Let let us wing it. Yeah. Uh, Xavier is really dad uptight. over there. With yeah, his- Xavier is the uptight one out of uh, <laughs> you know the three of us for sure. Um, but uh, let's just start. Let's just start uh, uh, with uh, Ohio State, Michigan, um, the best rivalry in sports. Uh, Number two, Ohio State, seven and a half point Mm. home favorite uh, against number three, Michigan. What were you? What what was that noise? (laughs) There's better rivalry than Ohio State, Michigan? You know,
1: you could argue uh, uh, you could argue a lot of
0: things. I'm sure Yankees, Red Sox. Pretty good. You know, that's a pretty solid one in sports. Uh, I don't know that there's an NFL one as good. You know, um, uh, Cowboys versus anybody is pretty solid. But uh, yeah, the, what what is this? Yeah, oh, the game. You have the uh, the, the book about the game. Yeah, n- not too many, uh, not too many rivalries have books written about them. So, <laughs> I'll I'll just go ahead and say uh, the game is uh, the big one. But uh, <laughs> well, we're not.
1: Which, which the game are we talking about?
0: That's the Ohio State the Michigan. Well,
1: there's 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 one that I would argue is uh, also oh. called the game. Army Navy, uh, is in, no, 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 no,
0: I, had the I can't. I, I can't. The,
1: they invented intercollegiate sports,
0: uh, Harvard and w- Yale. Oh, Harvard, oh, god,
1: okay. last week, Yale won the Ivy League championship. It was, uh, another dramatic finish,
0: yeah. <clears throat> very dramatic for all <laughs> 10,000 people that paid attention. Uh, but uh. Look, I'm sure it was a great game. I just, you know, uh, I'll stick to the stuff I see on uh, television, you know, on the big channels, all that stuff, uh, st- stuff that matters. Uh, so Ohio State, Michigan, um, the game, uh, Ohio State minus seven and a half, fifty-seven 57 is the total. You know, looking at a lot of stuff online, I see, you know, like PFF has value on the under and uh, on uh, Michigan, Michigan. I know uh, some betters are on Michigan. This is going to be a close game, uh, but it feels like offense versus defense here. Ohio state's offense versus Michigan's defense is the biggest, uh, you know, that that's what everyone is tuning in for, for sure. So who wins uh, who wins this game, Nick, what do you got? So I I will say first
1: that across the board, I I, I do believe this is our tightest week as far as the the projected edge between our, projections and the odds makers. Um so there's not a whole lot of, you know, oh we see a clear favorite here or, or a clear uh you know opportunity to cover. Um and this is one that's that's very tight. I mean our our projection is Ohio State uh by closer to nine than than seven and a half. So about a point and a half um, which is closer than average. Um, but our our numbers have been really really high on Ohio State all year. They were our official preseason uh, projected number one team uh, early in the year. Bounced around a little bit. Alabama and Georgia, you know, spent a, a week or two here and there at number one. Um, but even though Georgia sort of established itself as as you know the number one team in uh, the playoff rankings in recent weeks, uh, Ohio State has has held pretty you know, pretty strong at that number one spot for, I want to say the last six, seven weeks. Um, and what's been incredibly impressive to me about that is, um, as most folks know out there, our, our numbers are built more on, uh, you know, the, the individual player side of things and, and individual player ratings, uh, talent numbers, and Ohio State, has dealt with some injuries to some some really uh, highly rated guys. I mean, Travion Henderson was able to come back and play last week, but he's been in and out of the lineup. The you know freshman All American running back from last year, who's a 100 rated player, max rated player in our individual player ratings. Um, he's split time even when he's been back. Uh, you know, Mayan Williams, who was also <laughs> uh, out in and out of the lineup and, and missed last week. Um, he's had some moments. Dallin Hayden, the true freshman, really came on uh, the last couple of weeks and, and has helped. he so uh, good. Yeah, absolutely. He has, has helped, you know, step up uh, with Henderson Limited. Uh, but Jackson Smith and Jigba has been out for, you know, more often than not this year, who uh, most people would have said was, uh, you know, the, the uh, best wide receiver in college football coming into the year. Um, now his teammate, Marvin Harrison, Jr., <laughs> I think as, <laughs> might, uh, yeah. might have that, that title might've wrestled it away from him, but you know, Jackson Smith and Jigbo was also a 100 rated player coming into the year. And, and, um, for Ohio state to still rank number two in roster strength, number one in offensive roster strength, uh, where they've had guys like that in and out of the lineup all year, um, is just really, really impressive defensively they've taken a big step forward um that was a question mark coming into the year they were you know outside of the top 25 looking in in our defensive uh team performance ratings each of the last two seasons but made the change at defensive coordinator brought in jim Knowles, and had a unit that was one of the most talented It, it ranks fifth in our defensive roster strength ratings uh one of the most talented defenses in the country, and they've finally started to to play up to that standard. I mean, they're a top 10 defense, uh, top five against the run in our team performance ratings. Um, we've seen some of the former five stars really blossom into that, uh, you know, all-American type level of play, JT uh, Tuumalao being the, you know, most recent just dominant force, making big plays, sacks, fumbles, interceptions, um, big, big time plays. But earlier in the year, you know, guys like Zach Harrison stepped up and, and uh, you know, were, were very productive. Mike Hall has had his moments. Uh, so that defensive lines is playing incredibly well. They're number three in our D-line performance uh, ratings this year. They've gotten solid linebacker play. Tommy Eichenberg is, you know, playing like an all-American, uh, and the secondary, which has been, uh, you know, also hit with injuries, maybe is as bad if not worse than uh, the receiving core and, and the running back. Maybe not the running back room. <laughs> they they got real thin there, at running back. But um, you know, guys like uh, Denzel Burke and Cameron Brown, Ben Ransom, uh, excuse me, Lathan Ransom. Williams have all missed time, um, but they have been able to still play like one of the very best teams in college football. They are number one in our overall team performance ratings, which you know might surprise some folks because they have had uh, a few games where they didn't necessarily look like the number one team in the country. Last week was one of them. The Northwestern game was certainly one of them. Um, CJ Stroud, who, was you know certainly toward the top of the list as far as Heisman uh, trophy you know candidates and, and favorites um, has had games where you know hasn't quite uh, looked like uh, the Heisman winner, but this Ohio State team is just very very solid, consistent across the board, and our you know our our projections, the way we calculate things, still thinks that Ohio State's the number one team in the country all that said, Michigan has played almost just as good. I mean, they're number three in our overall team performance. Um, They are number three in our defensive team performance. They are number two against the pass, number two against the run, top 10 offense. Um, And they've had a little bit more room to grow. I mean, J.J. McCarthy came in. uh, He has played his way to a 90 rating in our individual player ratings, but, you know, spend a good chunk of the season in the mid eighties. Uh, Blake Corum is definitely in that Heisman conversation, but um, the level of production. Up. Yeah, he absolutely. Is there, I, I was getting to that Michigan. Uh, <laughs> it seems like, you know, Ohio state might be getting a bit healthier at, at some of those spots. Um, you know, running back a little bit healthier. The secondary was healthier last week than the week before and, and kind of trending back that way. Uh, Michigan, you know, Corum, we're not 100 percent sure uh, he'll be able to play this week. Um, you know, he, he got injured uh, on Saturday, uh, came back in for a couple of plays and then just couldn't go. Donovan Edwards has been limited in the last couple of weeks. I mean, when those two are healthy, one of the best, maybe the best one-two running back combo in the country. Um, but neither of them are, are going to be 100%. Um, and hopefully we'll, we'll be able to see them. But um, yeah, that's you know a little bit of a concern. Michigan's had some injuries at the tight end position, uh, which they're not you know super big on tight end production in the receiving game but it's important part of the, the offense and, and uh, can limit some of the things that, that they want to do when they've, you know, haven't had Eric all for, for a big chunk of this season. And then Luke Schoenmaker was uh, injured and, and missed uh, a couple of weeks ago and, and, you know, should be back, but this time of year, nobody's a hundred percent, but you know, there are certain, certain folks who uh, are playing it probably significantly less than hundred percent. So, um, Michigan is one of the best defenses in college football. Uh, we have seen Ohio state look beatable, you know, much like we said, all, all the, the uh, playoff contending teams have looked beatable at times. So I, I do think that Michigan is, is, you know, going to put up uh, going, going to be a major test for that Ohio state offense. Um, I think if if healthy, uh, that this Michigan offense can be a test for that Ohio State defense. So I'm not super confident in our uh, Ohio State projection to cover. Um, I remember we were on Ohio State to cover last year, uh, and Michigan, you know, came in and and was just simply the better team. I've been impressed with Michigan, perhaps even you know from the eye test, uh, maybe impressed a little bit more than I have Ohio state, you know, last week being the exception seems like Michigan is, has looked, you know, closer to unbeatable, uh, than Ohio state, um, for, for large portions of the season. But, you know, our, our projections, our numbers, uh, see Ohio state is just a little bit more talented and perhaps getting, you know, a, a tiny bit healthier at some key spots, Uh, just in time so uh, the projection is is Ohio State to win and cover I don't have a huge um, you know lean personally on that I I do think it is a game that Michigan can win Uh, but you know we'll we'll see if we'll find out if Ohio State truly you know is and can be uh, that number one team like they are in our power rankings
0: yeah it's going to be uh, it's going to be a great game. Uh, it, it always is. It never disappoints. You start the day with it. Uh it, It's going to be a fun one. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think that whoever loses is knocked out of playoff contention, or do you think that if it's a close game, whoever loses is going to get in at that last spot? Because I kind of feel like that's the case. LSU is number five. They have two losses. USC has a chance to jump in, especially with a Pac-12 title, but um, what do you think about uh, the potential for whoever this this might be for a playoff spot right here? I think that um,
1: I think that the team that loses this game, though, not guaranteed a playoff spot is still very much alive. Okay. Um, I think if if the team loses by. Twenty one or more, maybe Probably out you know, maybe that's enough to to do it. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that you've got USC lurking there. Clemson, you know, still hanging around. Um, we, we can see perhaps if those teams put up some impressive performances this weekend in their conference championship games, that might overshadow the team that loses here. But if it's a close game, absolutely, I would expect – uh, probably, you know, Ohio State or Michigan, whoever loses, to be favored to get that spot over USC or Clemson. Um, but I I do think that there's a chance um, that the team that loses this game is, is uh, you know, perhaps at least going to start that conference championship week behind Clemson and or USC if, if they win.
0: Yeah, still probably need a little help, but still very much alive. I'm with you on that. Let's go to the next game here, which would be uh, TCU as 10-point favorites against uh, Iowa State. The total is 47-and-a-half here, Nick. What do you think about TCU um, and Iowa State? Iowa State is a team that can absolutely ring the bell. You know, they can show up and cause some problems. I just don't know if this Iowa State team is the one to do it against TCU this year.
1: So, again, our projection has TCU uh, favored and actually has TCU uh, expected to cover. I was a little nervous. You know how I, I don't like uh, to be too heavy on one side or the other favorites or underdogs, overs or unders. It was looking when I first sat down and, and started to uh, tally everything up. It's like, man, we're on we're on a lot of favorites uh, here, <laughs> and it it did eventually even itself out, and we might actually have ended up with a few more underdogs, uh, you know. Once once everything got counted, but this was one of those that I looked at and thought, man, that's that's kind of interesting. I I, I wasn't necessarily expecting. TCU to you know be favored by double digits here Iowa State has has fallen off considerably I mean they were a top 25 team each of the last three seasons um, and they lost a ton you know ranked 128th in returning production coming into this uh, to the year so it it is not a shock that they took a step back I think there were probably not very many people who expected Iowa State, uh, to already have, you know, missed out on a bowl game. Um, there were some people who were excited about Hunter Decker's what he could do at the quarterback position. Jarrell Brock and uh, the true freshman Cartavius Norton at, at running back stepping in uh, for Brees Hall. Uh, Xavier Hutchinson has had an incredible year at, at wide receiver. He hasn't, you know, he's, he's stepped his game up and, and certainly helped. But the offensive line has really, really struggled. They're 124th in our O-line performance ratings, and just offensively as a whole. I mean, the run game is is basically evaporated. They're 129th in our rushing team performance. They're 107th on offense overall, 93rd in passing offensive team performance. Um, so this team just hasn't been able to score enough to win. Um, and as a result, you know, has seven losses, uh, all of them in conference play. Defensively, it's a top 10 unit, uh, ranks 10th in defensive Team performance overall, number three against the run. So, you know, there, there's a reason to think. And, and they have had a lot of close games. Um, it, you know, it's not like they're getting blown out every week. But I could see, even though the the you know, records look a lot different, um, Iowa State kind of making things difficult on TCU, especially since that TCU receiving core is really banged up. Uh, you know, Quentin Johnson left last week with an injury, Darius Davis didn't play, uh, Tay Barber it sounds like is limited in practice this week. Those are your top three guys. Um, and going up against the top 10 defense, you know, that's, that's a little bit of a struggle, especially since, you know, Kendra Miller looked less than a hundred percent. Uh, so TCU as good as they've been. And, and, you know, all those guys have been playmakers, uh, for Max Duggan and, and this offense, um, TCU ranks 15th in offensive team performance overall. They're top 20, uh, both rushing and passing. They have uh, taken a little bit of a step back the last couple of weeks. I mean, they were, you know, top, top 10, top five for most of the season. And as these injuries, especially to Quentin Johnston, you know, have kind of slowed this offense down a little bit. Um, they've looked beatable, obviously. Uh, I do think that the TCU defense, which not, You know, elite by any standard. A lot of the major stats that we look at, uh, things like success rate, they're 35th. Yards per pass attempt, they're 42nd. Points per drive, 45th. Kind of, you know, mediocre, but uh, a roughly top 50 defense going up against that Iowa State offense, which has struggled. Uh, Probably you would think, you know, they're not going to have to light up the scoreboard to get out of there with a win. So I think this is a game that that TCU is rightly favored. You know, nine and a half sounds sounds about right. But funny things happen at the end of the season. Sometimes Iowa State still is is kind of a a tough team to beat despite, you know, having those seven losses. So I, again, am not super confident uh, in our projection here. But, you know, this this is a game where TCU has a talent edge. Uh, they've certainly been the better team on the field and until iowa state you know proves that it can score um or or can you know be efficient i i do think that that tcu should be able to 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 take care of business so i don't hate it that we have them to cover um but my my gut kind of tells me that that (laughs) <laughs> this is going to be another one that they're just yeah. going to have to to fight for, uh, and you know, maybe hopefully not a fireman
0: out. drill at the yeah. end, but hopefully. yeah, uh, I, I I understand. Yeah, that this one could. I mean, all year we've been waiting on someone to ruin TCU's season. No one has done it, and no one. I think not a lot of people are expecting Iowa State to be the team to do it, which is exactly why you call it a letdown spot, and people uh, might love that. Let's go to. Uh, LSU by ten, another ten point favorite. This one is on the road at Texas A and M. Forty seven and a half is a total in that game. Nick, what do you think between LSU and the Aggies? So we have LSU favored,
1: uh, but we we do have TC or excuse me, uh, Texas A and M um, expected to cover, and I, I think. I think that's the side I'd rather be on. I know that it's been a disaster for Texas A&M this year. Already out of a bowl game. Um, they've had guys hurt. I mean, Devin H.A. missed last week, uh, was banged up a couple of weeks ago. Um, starting a true freshman at quarterback. You know, there's already uh, guys jumping into the transfer portal. Suspensions, all sorts of just just bad you know, just just things that you don't want uh, happening and and an incredibly disappointing season for Texas A&M. LSU has been, I mean, I think far better than just about anybody expected. Um, we knew that they would grade out really well in our talent numbers. I mean, they're number six in roster strength, number four in defensive roster strength. Um, but, it's, you know, Few expected they would be able to to play up to that level, um, but they have, and they've gotten better each week it seems. Um, beat Alabama, secured the SEC West title. Uh, so you could you could maybe argue that on the road at Kyle Field, you know, you're in the SEC Championship game. You're still, even though you've got two losses, you know maybe there's an outside shot at a, a playoff spot. Could this be a look-ahead situation? And, and I think it's possible. It's probably not likely. Um, but LSU, you know, like everybody that we've talked about and probably will talk about, has had some injuries. They haven't been 100% on the offensive line all year. Um, Josh Williams, who, who kind of was the most dependable running back, for them missed last week. Uh, you know, Keishon booty was, uh, did he play last week? I know he, Yeah, that was, I I think he
0: played a little bit. Okay. So, Um,
1: uh, you know, he was, he was, it seemed like, uh, you know, not on the field for, for a large portion of that game. Um, but LSU is, has had to deal with, you know, stuff in the secondary guys getting injured. Um, they have, Fortunately, had some some players really step up, including you know Harold Perkins, the true freshman linebacker who is playing like you know not a freshman All American, but maybe an All American uh, the the way that he's come on in the second half of the season. Um, sounded like you know he just <laughs> didn't know uh, the calls or, or the playbook in the the first half of the year, and and now that he's getting a hold of things, they're they're able to sort of. Uh, set him free and and he's just a, a joy to watch but lsu is incredibly talented they always are but he
0: actually did not play
1: last week and did just not play at it. okay yeah so i i i ended up with a question mark when i listed that that he might be out i know he was on the field pre-game and i believe he was on the sideline early on but then as they built a lead i kind of lost track and i never went back and checked quite honestly so um but yeah, he'll probably play. You know, they they were playing UAB last week. The same reason a you know, sat against uh, UMass. Probably uh, could have played if it was LSU versus Texas A&M last week. I would expect all of them. But um, so so we'll see him. But nobody's a hundred percent. And uh, I I I think that LSU is the more talented team. They certainly are the team with the most to play for Um, even though this game doesn't technically count in the, you know, division race, conference title race, uh, having that little bit of a a hope to sneak into the playoff um, should keep LSU, you know, properly motivated. Uh, But sometimes a team as talented as Texas A&M, it can kind of shake off all that negative stuff on the outside and, and, uh, rise up and find a way to to win games. I mean, we saw LSU in some somewhat similar situations uh, the last couple of years, late in the year, um, beat teams that were in you know the playoff mix um, when it seemed like there was all this negative energy around the program. So uh, now that the shoe's on the other foot, can Texas A&M play the spoiler? I don't necessarily, you know, I don't necessarily see it happening. I haven't really seen the evidence to indicate that they're going to be able to pull it off. Um, but being, you know, with this game at home for Texas A&M, uh, senior night's always a little bit of a a thing, uh, a little added motivation. Um, it wouldn't shock me if this is closer than it should be. So I don't hate that we're on Texas A&M to cover, uh, but this is definitely a game that LSU should win i think probably
0: will win uh but it's not a guaranteed win what about uh i mean one of the best games of the day usc by five against notre dame 64 and a half is a total in this game it's hard for me to imagine uh that total being hit with notre dame's defense but I don't know, Nick, uh, what do we think? Do we think that um, USC covers can this game? There's no way you have it even close to the sofa, right? Uh, no. And, and we're yeah. on a lot of unders <laughs> again. That's been a the theme. Okay. It's paid
1: off uh, so far, you know, but, but um, it, yeah, we're, we're definitely under our projected totals, 57 and a half. Uh, so a good touchdown, you know, uh, below this and, and, Notre Dame does have a solid defense, but they're not, you know, they, they are not a, a dominant force. They rank 32nd in our defensive team performance numbers. A lot of their, uh, you know, major important stats are right around the top 25, you know, you know just on the inside of the top 25, but uh, they're 20, excuse me, they're, they're 17th in success rate allowed, 19th in points per drive. 21st in predicted points added per play, uh, 24 in yards per play, and 25th in yards per pass attempt. So you know, solid, but but no, you
0: know, nothing that tells you they've they've hit that total. Sorry, Notre Dame has mm-hmm. hit that total three times this season, but every time they hit that 65 total, they were the winners. Hmm. Uh, so they beat North Carolina. 45 42 they beat syracuse 41 24 which uh would we say the number is 64 and a half so 65 points and then they beat navy 35 32 so mm-hmm. those are the three games that went over this total they won them all i don't know if i expect usc to win this game or i i don't know if i expect notre dame to beat usc so i think i'd be on the under here so Yeah. Building my case for the under, I'm sorry. Just, uh, you know, writing my article (laughs) in my head as we do this show. (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. And, and, you know, our, our projected total is certainly lower than that. And I agree with what you said, you know, don't expect Notre Dame to win um, personally. And, you know, this is a case where I agree, uh, you know, with what our projection uh, says, which, you know, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm too worried about, you know, jinxes or whatever, but, uh, that doesn't necessarily give me a great feeling. And I actually am like, yes, this, this makes perfect sense. Uh, USC, we have closer to a touchdown. Uh, this game's at home. Notre Dame has been, uh, you know, they, they have some big wins. They look great last week against a just a shell of a Boston college team. Um, but then they also have just some some head scratching losses. I mean, the Marshall loss, the, the you know Stanford loss. Uh, just just uh, you 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 can never really tell with this Notre Dame team. It seems like I mean they've won five in a row, right? So they and, and they look great against Clemson. That that's sort of the big the big thing, uh, but. There have just been moments this year where you think, man, this Notre Dame team is just not that good. And I know USC defensively is is not good. I mean, 102nd in defensive team performance. Uh, the, The rushing defense is one of the worst in college football, 117th. In uh, rushing, defensive team performance.
0: Insert Xavier saying Lincoln Riley can't
1: coach defense. Yes, sure.
0: Yeah. Well, he's an offensive coach, but uh, <laughs> Alex Grinch, you know,
1: has, has struggled a little bit. USC has benefited a lot from turnovers, so they've been, uh, you know, they, they've been able to make a play uh, to give themselves, you know, enough breathing room to where Caleb Williams and and that offense can. Um, score enough to to win and and you know sometimes just look impressive um but i don't know i i i this this feels like a game that usc should be able to go in take care of business some of the injury concerns that they had on offense worked themselves out jordan addison had a, a big game um like we expected we'd see a lot more this year but he of course it, you know, missed some time, had been limited. Prior to that, um, Austin Jones stepped up and did a great job filling in for Travis Dye. Looks like they're not going to miss a beat at the running back position. Um, you know, Getting Eric Gentry back and on the field is, is going to be big for that pass rush. Uh, so I, I just think that USC is, is the better team. Um, I don't necessarily think that notre dame is going to just be able to march up and down the field i mean yeah they've got uh you know a a, a decent rushing attack they've been productive audric Eston, logan diggs uh you know chris tyree has some explosive playmaking ability but they're still just 61st in rushing offensive team performance um you know 44th on offense as a whole it's it's decent but not spectacular and and you know usc certainly is is uh has given up plenty of points plenty of yards but this just i don't know this notre dame team right now despite their winning streak despite looking good um doesn't really scare me that much i i feel like this is a game usc should win i feel like it's a game that they should probably cover um but you know Maybe, maybe there's a, uh, a reason. Maybe there's something that I'm just not seeing um, that, uh, you know, Notre Dame is certainly not going to be a pushover. Uh, USC is certainly not a perfect team. But the way that the numbers add up and, and kind of what my eyeballs have told me recently is is USC is just just the better team. So this is a game I think that they, um, you know, should take care of business. We'll just see if they can follow through, get it done, and set themselves up to maybe play their way into a a
0: playoff spot in the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, It's going to be a fun one, man. I uh, I always love these rivalry games. We have so many good rivalry games uh, this week, so many named rivalry games, a lot of unnamed ones too that just have trophies or whatever, but uh, a lot, a lot of good ones here. Uh, You know, UGA versus Georgia Tech is probably the best name uh, rivalry game, clean, clean old-fashioned fashion, hate. Yeah, that's good. Cool. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, Georgia's going to smoke them. There's 35, They're 35 and a half-point favorites. But um, what about uh, Alabama, Auburn, the Iron Bowl? Speaking of uh, named games, and games with big spreads, too, because Bama is a 22-point favorite. 49 is the total, but Cadillac has got those guys playing well at Auburn. They are putting it together. They're playing for them. They're playing hard. And I don't know if Bama is going to beat them by 22. I do think Bama is going to win this game, of course. But uh, how do you see the Iron Bowl playing out, Nick?
1: So we do have Alabama as a big favorite, uh, but it's closer to 21 than than 22. So we do have Auburn covering, and I think I like that. I, I do think that um, Auburn has, you know, stepped up under Cadillac Williams, um, like everyone. Very interested to see how the head coaching search plays out. There was a report Monday night uh, from a, a local station that it was basically a done deal. Lane Kiffin was going to resign at Ole Miss on
0: Friday. Not according to Lane Kiffen. Uh, not according to Lane <laughs> Kiffen, who, who
1: came out and you know had some uh, had some funny responses, including a, a report of his own that the, that that uh, lead reporter. Was was going to be stepping down and leaving for another station, so uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. It, it it sounds like I was doing some reading on it uh, before uh, we started to record at at Football Scoop, and and you know they said yeah, Lane Kiffin's definitely the number one uh, target. That nothing is done yet, and there's still plenty of time. Um, and you know, Cadillac Williams is probably not. Number two on the list, he's probably not number three on the list, but there is a path to to you know maybe him uh, finding a way to to hold on to this job. Um, beating Alabama would certainly be a big step in that direction. Um, but it, the job that he's done, regardless of of how it all plays out, um, is is really remarkable and, and impressive. So uh, Auburn is not going to be a, a pushover. In this game, Alabama is in a bit of an unfamiliar spot where uh, their playoff hopes are pretty much gone. And, and you know, we just uh, we're, we're not used to, to seeing them out there at the end of the season without a championship to play for. Um, I expect, of course, for this game, they'll be up and, and motivated. Uh, but this Alabama team is, you know, certainly fellow uh, fallen short of uh, expectations. They're also, you know, not 100%. Jameer Gibbs was out last week, will probably be back this week. Uh, Cameron Latu, the tight end, was out last week. Um, they, you know, I'm sure have some guys who are looking ahead to uh, the NFL draft. Uh, Eli Ricks has been out, was out last week uh, after suffering an a ugly-looking injury uh, against Ole Miss. So, you know, we'll see. I, I think that, you know, certainly Alabama is the deeper team, the more talented team, the more complete team. Um, but sometimes in a rivalry game, weird things can happen. Sometimes you get a team like Auburn that's uh, kind of, you know, whenever the, the cliche you want to use catches lightning in a bottle with a interim head coach and and they've got uh, you know, bowl eligibility still uh, ha- has you know a win here would get them to a bowl game. Um, so that is is certainly something that that is worth playing for and, and could give them a little bit of a boost. We'll see. Um, under Cadillac Williams, they've they've really sort of recommitted to uh, you know getting Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter going. Both of those running backs have um been productive been good the last couple of weeks see how that uh, sets up against an Alabama defense that um, you know still a top 10 unit basically right on the the outside of the top five um, in our team performance numbers uh, seventh against the run, sixth overall uh, solid in a lot of the the stats that we uh, you know keep track of but maybe if there's one, Weak spot. You look at that success rate allowed, thirty-nine point one percent. Filtering out garbage time, that's thirty-third in in the country. So you you take an Auburn rushing attack that's kind of finding itself, and and you know perhaps they'll be able to to extend some drives. We'll just see if they're able to finish them. Um, I don't expect Auburn to win, but uh, I don't hate that we are expecting Auburn. To cover This seems like maybe one of those where Auburn gets a little bit of an emotional boost early on. Um, you know, if, if they're able to get a fortunate bounce or an explosive play, uh, defensive touchdown, something like that, that, that just um, takes a little of the air out of Alabama. Uh, maybe they can get into the fourth quarter with a one score game. But I, I do feel that probably Alabama is just going to be too much. Um, should be able to pull this one out and uh, you know win it by a couple of scores. Just fingers crossed for our projections that that uh, maybe they they don't come out looking like a uh, dominant Alabama team can look sometimes and, and put this one away early. Um, if Auburn can can hold on to a little hope, you know, into the second half, uh, then we might you know, be able to cover this, but, but this is a game. I think Alabama is rightly favored by, you know, uh, three touchdowns and yeah, that that does seem about right. Uh,
0: all right. So I want to go through a couple of these rivalry games and see, uh, I want to do pop quiz. And then you tell me, uh, who you think is going to win. We'll go lightning round on this one. Uh, so, uh, the first one's easy Ole Miss versus Miss state. I mean, you, uh, you were there forever. You know the name of that that game. The Egg Bowl. The Egg Bowl. And yeah. we've got uh, Or Miss, as, as
1: some call it, uh, I think officially,
0: it's the battle for the golden egg. Ah, the battle for the golden egg. But we all call it the Egg Bowl. That's right. Uh, so uh, it's Ole Miss by two only against Mississippi State. 59 is a total. Uh, yeah, a little surprise. Uh, we
1: have Ole Miss by five. Um, very similar to what we had Ole Miss over Arkansas last week, and we know how that turned out. So, yeah, uh, that was one that that Xavier. We unfortunately uh, he, he's not able to to
0: tell Rag. us all the ones that he, he got right. He <laughs> called a few of those upsets. He did too, uh, but you
1: know, I would I would think that he might disagree with me on this one um, with our projections because it is you know shapes up pretty similar to that Arkansas game, and and Ole Miss just didn't show up in the first half. I don't think that necessarily is going to be an issue, but this is maybe the most heated rivalry, and that includes Auburn and Alabama. I mean, I, I you mentioned I lived in Mississippi, lived there for two years, and and got to sort of experience this uh, 365 days a year, and local talk radio, and you know people that you meet. Um, this is a a you know heated. Uh, Yeah, hated. They don't like rivalry.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, So it's it's one that you know it truly is one I think where you can uh, not not worry about how well a team has has done coming in. Uh, You've got a chance to win. It doesn't matter where it's played. It doesn't matter what time. I love that they've gone back to you know having on Thanksgiving more often than not. Uh, So that'll be nice. So with very little confidence, we have Ole Miss. Uh, expected to to win closer to a touchdown than a field goal.
0: Uh, what about you know the name between K State and Kansas?
1: Ah, uh, so that is the Sunflower Showdown. Something. Yep. That okay. Look at that! Outstanding. Nick. Yeah. Right, Sunflower State. I'm a geography guy too, so that
0: helps. Ah, all right. Yeah, a lot of these are geography related. So uh, in that game, it is K State by 11 over Kansas, 62 and a half as a total. How do we see that one going?
1: I can see uh, that so, one
0: being on an over, to be honest.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, K State does, uh, you know, can play good defense. Um, we have it single digits. Have Kansas uh, expected to cover? Have K State, you know, favored by more than a touchdown? But eight is, is our official projection. We've been higher than most on Kansas the second half of the season. Um, you know, they they were, of course everybody's favorite team when they got out to that great start. Um, but have, have, you know, faltered a bit, lost five of six. Um, and seems like, you know, compared to odds makers and um, maybe even some of the other projections uh, systems out there, we've held on to Kansas a, a little more, the way that we calculate their team strength. Um, so Again, not a huge level of confidence, but we did see Jalen Daniels back. Neither he or Jason Bean looked like they were 100%. Um, Jalen Daniels didn't look anything close to 100%. Uh, but if he's able to, to get a little healthier, uh, able to play, you know, I think Kansas certainly has a shot, but K-State is, is the deeper team, the better team. Um, I believe still has a path to the big 12 title game, right? That, that race has been so, uh, so muddled. It seems like that, that I've lost track of it, but I'm not even um, sure to be. honest. Yeah. With so you. they're six and two, they're sitting in second. So if they win, they're in. Okay. So they win this game. Uh, they are in the big 12 championship game. So, um, I would expect them to, this is a game they, they should win. They have the better team. Um, Kansas's defense, though it's better than it was last year, still in the hundreds in our team performance numbers, um, and has, has struggled a bit recently, for sure. So uh, K-State should win, but you know, rivalry game and a much improved Kansas team, I wouldn't be shocked if, if they were able to keep it within single digits.
0: What about the uh, Clemson versus South Carolina? You know the name of that one? Palmetto Bowl look at that absolutely it is Clemson by 14 and a half against South Carolina but uh, uh, the uh, total here is uh, 52 and I South Carolina looked great obviously against Tennessee Tennessee and Clemson are different Clemson has a much better offense or a defense a much worse offense than Tennessee so do you think South Carolina can uh, at least make this one interesting I think they can. Uh, Clemson does
1: have a much better defense, but it's not quite at the level that I personally expected. I mean, they're 12th in defensive team performance. I thought that Clemson was pretty clearly going to be like a top three defense um, and and one of the very best units in college football. And it just hasn't quite worked out that way. The defensive line, which is yeah, you know, far and away number one in our uh, position strength, numbers our, our talent numbers um, has played at a top 30 level which is is a bit of a disappointment um, from what we expected I mean KJ Henry's had a big year uh, but they they just haven't quite been as dominant up front as I expected and South Carolina you know maybe things have, have started to click I mean you, you said that Joe asked about uh, will spencer rattler. spencer rattler get yeah some some hype now you know maybe if he sticks around we might be talking a lot about
0: you know spencer rattler in the summer again as as uh that could get him recognized i just not for this upcoming draft <laughs>
1: <laughs> right not one uh, good game I ain't gonna do right that. yeah right
0: but i mean you know uh, i know Wells, has will Goose levis well? had a good game and he's uh, going to be recently. the third quarterback pick. Whew. You know, he just is. So, uh, But, you know, uh, some of some of
1: Rattler's weapons are starting to really pitch in and help him out. Wells has been great recently. Uh, Josh Van has had some big uh, catches. Uh, Jaheim Bell's been a little disappointing from a production standpoint, what a lot of people thought he could be at the tight end position. He's had to play a lot of running back. Because Marshawn Lloyd and Christian Bill Smith has been out um, and not put up you know, great numbers, uh, but had a nice week last week. It sounds like Marshawn Lloyd is going to try to give it a go. Uh, so maybe you know, that'll help the offense a little bit because the rushing attack has you know, not been great. Uh, but Rattler looked good last week. Maybe he's getting a little more you know, comfortable, a little more consistent. We'll see. Um, but you know, guys like Wells and Van and Amerian and Brown step up. Yeah, I, I could see not necessarily a repeat performance, but I was watching that Tennessee game that went that over Tennessee and thought to myself multiple times they they can beat Clemson. So our projection has Clemson winning and actually has Clemson covering. Um and, and that, I think, is absolutely a reasonable potential outcome. Um, but South Carolina, you know, maybe uh, – I, I certainly haven't written them off. I, I think that despite, you know, some issues, some inconsistencies defensively, I mean, they struggle to stop the run. You know, Will Shipley's going to uh, have the the ability maybe to, to have a big day. Um, but – yeah, I, I, I could see South Carolina kind of um, being the team that picks up a couple of you know, huge wins at the end of the season and we spend all summer talking mm-hmm. about can South Carolina knock off Georgia in the SEC East? You know, are they a top 10 preseason team? If they beat Clemson, get ready for us and everybody else to talk a lot about South Carolina uh, over the next however many months.
0: Yeah, I mean that it's. Uh, I I just I don't I want to can we just please be done talking about Spencer Rattler? I mean, uh, you know, he he creeps back in there. Not if he throws for four hundred yards. I know, <laughs> I know. Not not if he does it again. Uh, anything else here that you like? I mean, uh, well, first of all, let let me uh, let me get the a couple of these in just to make sure you know them. Um, the, the trophy for Penn State Michigan State because that's not a named game. But the trophy for that game, you know, that one, I, the I grand I, Grant Trophy. Didn't you it's, say you, you've seen this one before in person or something? Uh,
1: so I lived in Lansing uh, for a bit, but didn't get to a game.
0: Okay. When I was there, um, what about, um, Utah versus Colorado? That one doesn't have a name, does it? Bumble in the Rockies.
1: Oh, okay. All right. At least that according to, to Wiki. New
0: so and i don't know. New. uh ucf south florida colorado
1: by the way ranks 131st in overall team performance and the i mean everything team all in all the form. country
0: and that's a that's a p5 team right yeah. there you see they need see the i was gonna yeah. say good, man. why would he go to colorado though like that is the thing all that right. i can't figure well, out
1: because when he was in college they won a national championship but
0: but okay, <laughs> that's true,
1: right? But I don't also, know. Or, or it's Deon's just older uh, than both an ego thing.
0: I could win anywhere. Sure, I can win anywhere. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but I just like, just just wait a year or two, and you'll have the Florida State job. Like I just, you know, which I don't know if I would want to do. I don't know. if Florida I was
1: State. him. Florida State has been good. They they've been. The last good. Time. I mean, they right. they. I mean, they are. I just mean to their own. I trust uh, Norvell,
0: but I feel like I trust Norvell to screw it up. So, like that's <laughs> that's the thing it is, uh, you know. But but I mean, uh has been ninth so in our bad. rankings right now. By the way, Are they, yeah, they've been yeah. they've been good. Yeah. Uh, the uh, so did you say UCF South Florida? Oh, uh, the war on I four. At a boy, you you know them all. I don't even know why I need to ask. I'll have these. to file away Rumble
1: in the Rockies. By the that's, way, bra- that was at least was on saying, Wiki. Everybody so. was saying Brawl of the Wild last week and yeah some people say it but cat grizz it's the cat grizz
0: game cat Mont- grizz Montana
1: Montana State
0: yeah okay we're yeah. still
1: calling it cat grizz
0: yeah I mean this is a this is a Montana local here so you know <laughs> uh get behind it. Well yeah like Oregon Oregon State isn't uh, doesn't officially have any Yeah they
1: dumped the Civil War.
0: That's the, like yeah. the Red River rivalry instead of the Red River shootout. You know mm-hmm. it's like yeah. Uh, just because it has the word war in it i mean i think we're all reasonable adults to know that it's not an actual war you know and it's a football game it's just a funny goofy name but uh whatever i mean way to recognize time i'll see that uh, one
1: as far as a game uh it's kind of interesting because it's in corvallis right mm-hmm. uh oregon state is really hard to beat everywhere but incredibly hard to beat in corvallis uh they've they, you know, this has not been as lopsided a rivalry as perhaps some might expect when you're looking at, you know, how the the roster strength numbers uh, compare. We have, this is one of our, not our biggest edges, but we, you know, this this shows a little, there's a little bit of a room, a little bit of a gap here. Uh, Oregon and our, the official line that, that uh, against the, the uh, Vegas Insider consensus on Tuesday morning was three and a half. Uh, we are at almost a full touchdown on Oregon, so see a bit of a bit of an edge there, uh, especially if Bo Nix is back and healthy, and you know he played all of last week. Um, so seems seems like a game that they should win, but Oregon State is is definitely tough to beat at home.
0: Uh, all right, is there any other game that um, that you're looking at, and maybe the line makes your eyebrow raise, or you're just looking forward to watching in general? um
1: so i there are a couple of win totals that i've just been waiting on oh that's
0: right we're gonna figure all that out right
1: yeah and uh (laughs) it looked like we had iowa under seven and a half in the bag and they just haven't lost uh and it looked like we were we had minnesota over seven and a half in the bag and they haven't won uh and both of them you know Minnesota is an underdog against Wisconsin, and Iowa's
0: a favorite uh, against Nebraska. Well, I think Iowa's definitely winning, but I think Minnesota can win, so we'll see. So I I will be watching those,
1: Uh, (laughs) but our you know our projection is on Nebraska to cover. If they covered, that'd be a slight um, you know could could give a soften the blow a little bit, even if Iowa wins. Uh, But yeah, we'll we'll be rooting for Minnesota in that one, even though we have Wisconsin, uh, slightly, you know, the, the line is three, we have it at 3.17. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But those I've, I've been just waiting for a little while and, and, uh, it's not, not looking great, uh, in either case, Tennessee and Vanderbilt's a whole lot more interesting. It is
0: Vandy beating up, uh, Florida last week, I had the over in that game and it missed by one point. Mm. Uh, it was so aggravating. Uh, but I had the over because I thought, well, hey, Florida is obviously going to score and Vandy Vandy can score a little uh, now. And they yeah. just flat out won uh, and didn't let Florida score that much. So um, a little can, bit surprising there. But yeah, I mean, that game way more interesting, especially with how bad Tennessee's defense looked last week. They can find a way
1: to win. Vandy going to a bowl game. Uh, and then Tennessee, you know, uh, sadly, Hindenhooker's Hooker's college career came to an end towards ACL late in, in that loss to South Carolina. Um, but we get a little bit, you know, silver lining. I guess um, what's what's Joe Milton going to look like? I mean, he's he's got the inside track. I know they've got a couple of uh, you know highly rated uh, guys that that are going to challenge that. That I'm sure. There will be people screaming, you know, give the the high four-star, the five-star uh, the job, and and Joe Milton's just going to overshoot everybody. Um, but he's going to have a couple of games to, to sort of, you know, stake a claim as to be the, you know, the one to beat in that 2023 QB race. So see what he looks like against Vanderbilt. And if, you know, if he struggles um, – that's that could be an interesting one. Will, Van, will Will Vandy find a way to win as a, you know, two touchdown underdog? You know, it's not not likely. Um, yeah. But the last couple of wins haven't been super likely either. So uh, maybe they just have been able to, to put it together at the right time.
0: That's the old, you know, um, uh, you can't say it's not possible, but you can <laughs> say it's not probable right there. Um, anything else from this week? Obviously, Rivalry Week. A lot of good ones in here. ASU and Arizona. Arizona's favored in that game. Yeah. Five, four, you're, you're not going to ask me about the Territorial Cup. Yeah, that's right. You're not right, going to ask me about the Cup.
1: the Fremont Cannon.
0: Uh, what no. else? Is it? Uh, I wasn't going to. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but is there any? Are there any the other Apple games Cup? That, even that's Apple an interesting
1: Cubs one. Yeah, Washington, Apple Washington Cubs State. We're good. on. Yeah. Uh two and a half was the line, and we actually have Washington State covering. Not not favored, but covering our, our line's uh 2.06, our, our projected point spread. So that feels wrong. Like Washington, better team, explosive, Penix has looked great all year, but it's a rivalry game. It's in Pullman. Washington State's, you know, just kind of that that team that uh especially uh when when there's some uh hate you know between the two fan bases um can can be tough to beat so that's that's going to be an interesting one that's that's going to be you know the late night watch on saturday <laughs> uh should be a good one but i was a little surprised at how our projection uh worked out uh, and i frankly was surprised at at you know what the line was um from the odds makers so uh
0: that'll be an interesting one too Louisville, Kentucky, uh, another good one, too. Kentucky favored by three. How do you see that Commonwealth one? Commonwealth Cup, right? Is that right? Okay. I, I didn't so. have that one pulled
1: up. So, <laughs> uh, so that's an interesting one because um, we have
0: – Commonwealth Cup is Virginia, Virginia Tech.
1: Wow. Well, Kentucky is a Commonwealth, too, isn't it?
0: All right. Okay. I don't know. There, there probably <laughs> is another one I will check. There are a couple that have the, there are a couple of these games that have the same name. That's the governor's cup uh, governor's cup. That's what
1: it is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You're right.
0: Um, So we have
1: Kentucky covering winning and covering Uh, it. it Got a little bit after I posted that. And so when those are put on Patreon, they are uh, set in stone. I, I do make updates and anybody who's interested in the team profiles, yeah, we do update the, the point spreads automatically when new information comes. Uh, got a little bit more of a positive report on Malik Cunningham's health. So as our current projection uh, actually would have Louisville covering that two and a half. Um, so it all depends on Malik Cunningham. If he's healthy, Louisville can win. Um, and, you know, if he's able to play. Louisville, I think, can win, uh, but Kentucky. Uh, otherwise, we do have expected you know to win and, and to cover, but uh, I don't have a, a big edge one way or the other in that one.
0: All right. Well, uh, look, I, I'll I'll leave it at that. We Fremont, uh, Cannon's
1: Cannon, UNLV, in Nevada. By the way,
0: oh, that's the yeah, the uh, <laughs> um, that has a name too, right? Isn't that Fremont the, Cannon? Yep. Uh, well, that's but the game. Oh, uh, but it's battle like, for uh, Nevada. Battleborn. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Battle for Nevada. Then we have Battle Line for Arkansas, Missouri. Also, there's a lot of great named games here that we have the final week of the season. There's a bunch of other named ones that happen in the middle of the season. But uh, how about how about this
1: for trivia? There there are two uh, college football rivalry trophies that are are series between three teams. One we'll see in a couple of weeks. Army Navy, you know,
0: with Mm -hmm. Air Force, the Commander in Chief. What's the other? I've read it before, too. Utah State, Utah and BYU? Uh, so I don't
1: believe I don't believe so, uh, because Utah State and BYU play for the wagon wheel, and I don't think that's involved in the Holy War.:
0: It's the beehive boot. Right. BYU, Utah and Utah State.
1: Oh, okay, so maybe that's there it. are three, because there's also uh, Eastern Michigan, Central Michigan and Western Michigan.
0: For the Michigan and- Mac Trophy
1: and Michigan uh excuse me central michigan and eastern michigan kick off on on friday to to determine there're
0: actually one. six of the, well um there are six of these with multiple teams so um let's see uh just this is according to wiki once again the B- beehive boot for byu utah utah state who was previously a weber state uh commander in chief that you mentioned air force army navy uh, Michigan Mac trophy between Central, Eastern, Western Michigan, Florida Cup between Florida, Florida oh. State and Miami. And then we have Northwest Championship, which apparently is passed around. I don't know how do they do this, Nick. Is this like the belt from Reddit? Like, you know, <laughs> or whatever, like Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Washington State and that one. And then Tobacco Road is Duke, North Carolina, NC State, Wake Forest. Yeah. So, oh,
1: okay. um,
0: so are there,
1: there are there actual like trophies though?
0: I guess I'm not real so sure. The Utah
1: rings. the BYU Utah. Okay, that I that rings true to me. I'm not Let me sure see about what, these
0: others though. Northwest Championship is an unofficial Division 1 football rivalry series title between yeah, Tobacco uh, Roads more of like a basketball thing isn't it? I mean I guess it's uh, all the same. So party. I guess you win this Northwest Championship if you uh, you sweep all of the other teams. That's ah. what it is for the Northwest for tobacco road. I think that's more of a basketball thing, that right? Yeah. 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 It's more of a basketball thing. I guess they do it in football too, but mainly uh, basketball for, for the tobacco road. Yeah. So great. But, <laughs> yeah yeah this is uh th- th- this <laughs> is this is what they come for right like wikipedia yeah uh, uh, yeah you're like, you're like, just shut up and-, and tell us your opinion on the lines guys it stopped a long time ago. Th- th- that'll, that'll <laughs> wrap it up for us uh remember you can follow us all on twitter at bogman sports for myself at cfp winning edge for nick and at xavier underscore Tristy. congratulations yes for new papa xavier so uh congrats xavier once again Uh, awesome, you know, uh, fun talking to him in the hospital. He looked exhausted. So get some sleep, my friend. We'll see you when we see you. uh, That's right. Maybe next week, maybe in the bowls, whenever. So he's got a newborn. He's got a lot of stuff to do. So uh, we appreciate you guys, and we'll see you next week. Take it easy, everybody.
1: Thank you to our Patreon supporters for keeping our show ad-free and for funding our wide range of college football analytics projects. Thanks also to Blake Austin for our theme music. To learn more about CFB Winning Edge, Visit patreon.com slash CFB Winning Edge or follow us on Twitter at CFB Winning Edge.